0: I'm Julie Lamb, a therapist turned life and business coach. In all my years as a therapist and coach, I have seen that true healing and growth comes from understanding your greatest asset, your brain. To manage your life and business, you first have to manage your mind. I'm here to help you figure out what the hell is my brain doing? Hi friends, and welcome back to what the hell is my brain doing? So last week we talked a lot about defining a fear and anxiety, and I want to just add a... Uh, another little part to that and then we're going to go into some practical still skills that you can use when that comes to play so if you want to remember fear has basically two parts it's something i've learned from someone else or it's the experiences we've had so if we go back to my experience in the haunted maze this was something that i learned from others when they would scream i would scream right it's like i could hear the fear coming from everybody else so then i reacted At the same time, once I experienced it, that's when I also had that fear response. So there's kind of a really great example with the two to show how they can correlate together and then impact you even more. I want to reiterate, and I've said this a lot, someone else's perception, somebody else's response may be different from mine, and it never lessens their response. It never lessens mine. So just like the idea that we go through this haunted forest, this corn maze, the haunted houses, whatever it may be, somebody else may be like, oh my gosh, that was so terrifying. And somebody else may be like, that wasn't that bad. And what happens is that the person's like so terrifying can have a couple of responses. They can feel bad that they felt that way. They could be like, I must be a wimp. They can have that response. Whereas somebody else be like it's not so bad. They can also think, wow, like... Maybe I'm just not as used to being scared or maybe they're a wimp. Like we can have lots of feelings that way. All I want you to acknowledge is that somebody can have a different feeling and it doesn't lessen my experience and it doesn't mean anything about that person. Okay. So we talked about this again, the learn from someone else or experience we've had. And I used it from this Halloween perspective. There's lots of experiences on our day-to-day basis that show the same idea. I do not like bugs. I think bugs are awful. They're scary. I don't like them. So, this is a perfect example of seeing this in my children. My children see mom react to, oh, gross, it's a bug. And then they see the bug. And then one of my kids is like, it's a bug. It's not a problem. And the others are like, oh, no, mom must be scared. So, we're scared. So, they have learned from mom's reaction that they must react that same way, vice versa. The one that isn't has learned from experience. So this is not that big of a deal. Dad doesn't react this way. This isn't a problem. And I think that this is kind of an interesting way of looking at how we will all experience it differently. We will learn from somebody differently. And it all shows up that same way. The other thing to remember is that fear builds on this idea of what could happen. And so we're going to go deeper into the types of fear and looking at that a little bit more. Now I want to go back and we're going to talk at, look at fear. And we're going to look at how basically fear comes from a couple of places. It comes because I've learned it from somebody else or it's the experiences we've had. So an example of learning it from somebody else is I mentioned a while ago, I don't like bugs. I don't like them at all. I think they're gross. So I have kind of this unnatural fear, is so what we'll call it a bugs. I don't like it. My children do the same thing. They'll see a bug and they'll be like, eh, gross. gross, gross. Where do they learn this? They learn this from their mother. We will 100% own that. The experiences we have often come from a trauma response. And I want to dive into trauma in some of our other episodes, but I want to just offer this. Trauma comes in, basically, we're going to call it little T and big T. Little T are just things that we may experience every day that create a stress response within us. So, for instance, if I see a big, scary dog and I may have been bitten by a dog. That is a trauma response every time I see a dog, a big trauma are things like PTSD, where I have seen PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder, where I have seen great, terrible things have happened. And it's not just war. A lot of times people think it's just veterans, but it's it's not just that it could be any form of abuse. It can be anything. I mentioned my daughter going to school. She has some PTSD from that, I would say where she's afraid of very specific situations, Those traumas then carry within our body. And then when they carry within our body, that can create fears based upon that. So as an example, my daughter gets a little scared when she sees something totally new when it comes to school. Um, She doesn't like being told what to do because there is a response there. So I want to just offer that sometimes those experiences then create the fear. So the phobia then will have a greater physiological response. So for instance, I talked about the dogs. A phobia of dogs would actually be every time I happen to see a dog, I feel this rise in my heartbeat and I feel like this need to run and get away. And I might also feel like the dog's going to come get me. That's a greater response. Another idea is that psychological response where the idea of flying Sometimes you can go get on an airplane and you might be a little nervous, especially during takeoff and landing. And that may be some natural fears, but the phobia then becomes where I am so par- paralyzed. I get on there. I cry. I can't do anything else. I just feel like it's going to all, is going to be lost. And so my body is not only reacting, but my brain is as well, where it just feels like I'm hyperventilating and crying and maybe screaming. And some of that is that response, that phobia response to something. I want to talk about some of our triggers to fear. So I mentioned certain objects or situations can trigger fear. And so oftentimes I want you to think a scary movie triggers fear in me just because scary movies are scary. Speaking on stage does send a little bit of adrenaline rush to me, but it may not for somebody else. And sometimes the same thing with the airplane, dog, school, there's many, many events that can trigger that. I want to consider that no matter what the event is, if somebody has a different response that does not make it worse, better whatever. It's just different. So if somebody says, I never felt that way. You've essentially told somebody that they're not allowed to feel that they wait the way that they do. And I just want to offer to you that it's okay. If you have experienced something different from somebody else And it's okay to honor that somebody can feel differently too. Another trigger events could be future things that could happen, like the idea of going to school, the idea of this, like I said, speaking on stage. But I also want to talk about how sometimes there's real environmental dangers that trigger fear. An example of this is that I live in Texas and we have hurricanes that come. And every now and then during the hurricane season, which starts June to November. And basically when I hear a weather report that says that there is a hurricane in the Gulf, my heart rate does escalate. And part of that is because during a Hurricane Harvey, which was many years ago, Hurricane Harvey came and it flooded Houston. And it was really a very tragic thing. It also devastated part of the coast. And I think the thing that's very interesting about this is that I had a sister-in-law that lives down in the coast. And then I'm up in the Houston area. And our reactions to it are very different and also very similar. And they are that way because she experienced massive damage from the hurricane. And I had instead the fear of the threat of flooding. I had neighbors that did flood. The water was up to my door. I was afraid it was going to come in. So our responses are very different from that. So essentially what happens is every time a hurricane comes in, and while I can't speak for her reactions, I know for me, every time a hurricane comes in, my heart rate does go up. I do have a little bit of fear of what could happen, what that might look like. Um, Will this be the one that suddenly floods my house? And I've been through quite a few hurricanes now, and we did have one where we, again, we've lost power. A tornado goes right near our home. There are things that were destroyed, and thankfully we have been fine, but they are still very scary. They are still ringing up that address adrenaline rush. And then of course, when you see people that have lost things, it does trigger a lot of that in you as well. So real environmental dangers, I want you to look at how that does trigger some of that fear. And at the same time, it can lead to a lot more anxiety, that worry of things that are going on. So fear, I want you to understand feeds into that anxiety. The more I think about it, the more I worry about it, the more that I fixate on it, I'm more likely to have anxiety with that. So there are different types of fear. And I think the thing that I really want to just talk about here is the idea that everything we've talked about, the phobia, the anxiety, the PTSD, panic, social anxiety, all of that comes from a fear of something. So the fear leads into these things. So maybe it's the fear of the unknown, the fear of what could happen, the fear of what did happen. So my experiences in the past to even what I have seen others do and accomplish, those lead into the types of fear. So there's kind couple of things I want you to, to understand when it comes to treatment. And this is one of the few areas that I really want to dive into and give you some practical things that will help with this. So like I mentioned, fear, we're able to reason and logic with it. And so for instance, the fear of height, I always hated it when people say, well, you can't actually be afraid of heights. Like that's not really real. Well, it can be, <laughs> but really what it is, is my fear of falling. And so being high, being tall or being up in something like triggers a fear that something could happen. And I want you to think that that's what fears tend to be. It's, I am fearful of what could potentially happen. And my body is having a response to it to then tell me how to react to it. So in life, we may have lots of situations. I've I've mentioned several that can trigger fear. I wanna actually talk about how your business can also trigger fear as well. Sometimes it's the idea of growing, it's the idea of change, it's the idea of the unknown because unknown can trigger the fear. And when we don't know what to do with the unknown and the fear, it rides in our body and that's when we have this fight or flight reaction. So a couple of things that I want you to think about Therapists will tend to do many specific techniques and I want to give you some techniques that I know you can do right now to help with that. And so as you're coping, I want you to consider three main areas. It's a physical response, an emotional response and a behavioral response. These three areas aid with our stress management. And when we are able to look at those areas, then process it together, that is what will help us to be able to cope with the fear. And in turn, it will also help to lower some of that anxiety as well. As we are talking about the stress management of the physical, the emotional, behavioral, I want to give some very specific examples of what fear looks like in those areas. So a physical response to fear, again, is those heart rate, the fight, flight, freeze, the emotional response to fear may be the terrified crying, screaming, and the behavioral may be, again, the fight or fight, running, kicking, screaming. So sometimes the physical and the behavioral are very similar. And so what I really want to offer for you is that when you are considering how your body responds to fear and what will work, look at what fear, where it's being impacted the most. Is it a physical response? Is it more an emotional response? Or is it actually creating the behaviors? So physically, I may feel the fear and then behaviorally, I may react to it. So here's a couple of other coping. Um, A lot of times social support, being able to say, like, if you think about going to a corn maze at Halloween time together, that brings up like going as friends and that's a social support system there. Um, It's kind of a funny way to look at that. Sometimes with our fear and anxiety, be mindful of it, just how that shows up, what that looks like. But here's one of the biggest things. With stress management, this is a technique. There is a technique I use with my clients, and I'm going to walk you through that. There's a whole series of things that can go together. One of the biggest ones is some deep breathing. When we are fearful, I want remember our heart rate goes up, our breathing seems to escalate. So sometimes one of the ways that we can control that is through breathing. And so what the best breath is actually is six seconds in through your nose and then six seconds out your mouth. So it's kind of a forceful breath. When we can breathe in through the nose and then hold it and then breathe out, this forces our bodies to regulate back together. Another one is called the box breath, and that's a five seconds in through the nose, hold it for five, out through the mouth, and then hold that for five. This box breathing is something that I do a lot with my clients when they are having panic attacks, when they are having just anxiety or fears in general. So this is something you can do all the time, just a regular breathing. Another form that is very helpful is called EFT or tapping. This is something I walk through my clients with a lot. There are pressure points on our, it's mostly on our face and like our heart and the top of our head. These pressure points when activated, they basically tell the neurological system to calm down. I had a client actually do tapping while they were having an EEG on their brain. They, it was fascinating to see it literally calm down on that process. So this is something that really will help the fear and the anxiety right in that moment is tapping. This is something that I teach my clients. So if you are interested in tapping, you want more, you can definitely find more information. There's, I think, lots of YouTube videos about it as well. But also, I really highly recommend working with somebody that is also familiar with it. My favorite technique actually uses a grounding type method. And this grounding method uses that mental, physical, behavioral altogether. And it's a guided imagery. And the guided imagery, what it does is it actually helps to do like I said bring all of those areas together. So something I walk my clients through where we visualize and there's different different levels and different types, but I want just the general idea of a visualization. When we visualize a place that's safe, a place that feels good, this is something you can do on your own as well. I want you to talk about the three types of grounding with this. So When you're visualizing, essentially what you're doing is you're soothing. You're thinking of a happy, a healthy place. That in turn is one form of grounding. It's just that happy place. It's positive place. The next one is the breathing or the physical aspect of grounding, and that's the breathing. So I'm a big fan. Like I said, I'm giving you a couple of breathing techniques. That's also really, really helpful when it comes to that. And the last one is mental. Whenever you are in a panicked state or a anxious state or a fearful state, to get back to that reason and logic, a lot of times we want to pay attention to our senses. So the five senses is the best way to start. And there's a simple trick of just going down to five, four, three, two, one. There's no particular order, but a lot of times it's like five things that I can see, four things that I can touch, three things that I can taste, two things I can smell, one thing I can hear. Again, you don't have to remember that specific order. The idea is I have five senses and I can use it in any way, shape or form, just five, four, three, two, one. Or if that feels like I just can't remember all of those things, Julie, just again, I have five senses. What's one thing I can see, hear, taste, touch, smell. When I use those five senses, that's another form of grounding. So there's three things that you can do that will help ground you right to that moment so that you can go to the reason and logical aspects. The mental is the five senses. The physical would be with the breathing and the soothing would be going to a happy place. Something else that would help with coping as well is just to pay attention to your health. What am I eating? Am I exercising? Those are things that are very helpful just to kind of be aware and sleep. We're going to talk about sleep and the brain in an episode or two coming up. And the focus there is I really want you to consider that when we have fears, when we have anxiety, when we have any of that, that is essentially creating that fight or flight reflex within us, that if our system is off, if we are not getting enough sleep, if we are not exercising, if we're not drinking enough water, if we're not eating healthy, then it's really hard to sometimes implement these other things because our system, it just feels off. And that's what I want to offer to you as we talk about all these things. If I give you things and you're like, this doesn't help, this isn't whatever. Again, you know you and you know it's off. That's where you can talk to somebody else. My whole point of this whole episode of talking about fear in the brain is to understand that when you are fearful, it triggers that fight or flight reflex. That fight or flight reflex then triggers how we show up and what we do. And my whole point with this is I really want you to understand, you may not know what scares you. You might, you may not know that it's going to create a fight or flight, but you could know what to do with it. I hope this was helpful today. This episode of fear in the brain, I really encourage you to find one of those many things that I talked about, whether it's the breathing, whether it's just the five senses, whether it's just being reasonable or logical about the things that are fearful, looking at where that is. Any of those things will help you to understand what does fear look like for me? If you have questions, don't hesitate to email me. Don't hesitate to message me. I love to hear from you that this is helpful. So use this and notice what your brain does because you're in charge of your brain and you're in charge of how you're gonna respond to those situations. And I really challenge you to do that. So until next time, this is Julie Lamb with What the Hell is My Brain Doing? If you love today's show, I would love for you to take a minute and give a five-star rating and a review. Subscribe and share with those that you know would love to learn more about managing their brains. If you're ready to join me, I want to invite you to coach with me where we uncover more about your brain so that you can have the life and business you dream about. Manage your brain is more than just a thought. It is a possibility. Go to www.julielamcoaching.com to learn more. we do it. Have a great day.